Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know what's funny? If I had said to you, that Tom Brady was going to play this year and the Bucks would be 3-1 and one after four weeks, leading the NFC South by a game, everybody would say, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they could do that, right? But who, who among us, my hand is up as well, although I don't remember how we picked the games exactly. Win, win, yeah, exactly. win. Adam, 17-0, man. What are you talking? 17-0, man. Uh but who among us thought that they would maybe do it this way? But they would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers behind Baker Mayfield, right? With a ton of rookies on the roster, with guys like Trey Palmer catching touchdown passes, right? Are are three and one, and they have a one game lead in the NFC South, and they just I thought kind of destroyed the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr twenty six to nine at the Superdome. It's their third straight win over the Saints. It gives them sole possession of the NFC South. Just as they enter their bye week, which they need desperately with all the injuries, including the latest, a hamstring strain by Mike Evans, who had to leave a little before the first half was over. But my goodness, this was, you know, given on the heels of a, of a short week, a Monday night loss to the Philadelphia Eagles where they didn't play well, to come back and go on the road in the division and pretty much take apart a Saints team that, you know, hasn't been without a touchdown since last year, week 12, when the 49ers kept them out of the end zone. This was, I don't know, Steve, this felt like a statement win to me. It felt like the kind of thing, Now I know they have a week off. Again, it's needed, and there's a long grind after that because it's a way too early bye week. But it kind of feels like something that could give you some momentum. It should, and for many reasons. I mean, let's go through... Who among us thought they'd be three and one at this point? Now I'm sure they they thought they'd be four and zero, oh, but yeah. But they've heard all off season they're sure. not that good, they're, and they've even talked about using that as motivation. Oh sure, and it has been. I mean, thirty first, you know, it was a power ranking by Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated. Most te- most people picked them last in the NFC South. All of that. Yep. And then both teams added new quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. One spent four million dollars. The other spent forty million dollars. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. And the four million dollar quarterback won. Now, Derek Carr, we know, has got AC joint issues, and maybe that hindered him a little bit today. Yeah. Didn't seem to be throwing the ball down the field very much, mm-hmm. and, and those weren't necessarily as accurate, maybe as he would have been. So maybe that's that's part of today. But the quarterback that everyone had written off that is getting $4 million plus whatever bonuses, et cetera. I mean, he'll probably make more than that this year. Yeah. But six, seven, eight million, not $40. Eight, eight million would be probably the limit. Right. Yeah. Not 40 No. You know, they just went into New Orleans with him and won. And, you know, they should, they should give them confidence. It should give them a boost. It should give them some a little bit of swagger going into bye week. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, maybe you, you, you hit, hit study the playbook a little more and, and, you know, work out a little harder. Cause I mean, you know, they take off, but they're still doing some of that stuff. Right. I mean, it's that confidence that, you know, when they come back, they're still going to be first place in the NFC South. Yeah, and it's you know Baker Mayfield is is going to become and continue to become a really big story, right, um, for this football team because of his past, because of being with so many teams in the last calendar year or so. And I thought he played not only a smart game. Now he had one interception, and it was it was a bad bad mm-hmm. throw, not a bad decision, but just a bad throw. And um, and he got away with another one that was dropped. But having said all that, I mean this guy played tough right played tough uh used his legs more than he's used them so far this season to you know get out of of uh pass rushes complete balls uh in scrambled drills like the touchdown to Devin Tompkins um and oh by the way not for nothing the season flashed before the Buccaneers eyes I know I I turned to Allman and uh, Greg Allman of the um now with Fox, I I go well. That's the year. That's the season right there. The play that Baker Mayfield on the touchdown pass that he throws to Kate Otten, he gets bent back with his legs completely underneath him, and then takes a cheap shot. Mm-hmm. What I thought was a cheap shot anyway, yes. from one you know from from one of the uh, Saints defensive linemen, and and he kind of when he when he did get up. First of all, the good news is he got up. He he looked like he was he was hurt. Like he like he had to be. This had to be a serious injury. Knee ankle Achilles something um but he gumbied his way out of it like somehow he was flexible enough uh to not get pinned under there and it was a uh you know it, it was a personal foul and, and, and a very kind of a dangerous play um but he was he was tough on Sunday like he's played huge for this football team and the numbers won't you know, they're not going to wow anybody necessarily, although the quarterback rating was 116.9 or something like that. But, you know, 25 of 32, 200 and, what, 46 yards, mm-hmm. but three touchdown passes. That's the key. He throws three touchdown passes uh, to three different players, including a rookie that we mentioned in Trey Palmer and then one to Devin Tompkins in his second year. Those guys had to step up because Mike Evans left the game Mm-hmm. as we mentioned with the hamstring. So he's doing it with young guys. He's doing it with all new players to him. He's doing it with a new offensive coordinator who, quite frankly, is still kind of feeling himself, trying to figure out what they can do and what his offense can do. So he's just been all kinds of impressive. And, I, you know, if you're not a Baker Mayfield sort of like, I don't know fan is the right word, but it, but if you can't see the effort and, and the execution that this guy has, Pretty good thrower of the football, all things considered, and he's taking care of it for the most part. You you got to appreciate what he has done, and and that is why having a quarterback in this league is so important. That's why they're still they're still a contender. In fact, like we said, they're first in the NFC South because there's too many players over on that side, on both sides of the ball, that have rings. They're NFL champions. They're not, you know, they're not in it to lose. Like these guys have belief. They think they can win. Um, it's a matter of just trying to, you know, put this version of the team together with young players everywhere, and they've got enough to, uh, you know, to beat a which which is a pretty good Saints team, I think. I think before mm-hmm. the year's over, they're going to win a lot of games, and 
I was all kinds of impressed with them on Sunday. I, I did not think that they would – if they won, I thought it was going to be another one of those low-scoring games that, you know, maybe they score 17, 20 points. I mean, 26-9 to nine was pretty convincing. Well, and what really impressed me the most about Baker is his escapability. And yes, yes. How hard he's he runs. Slippery, and, right? yeah, like he's, he's slippery, right? Yeah, he's slippery. He's got – Got a better command of that pocket and when to when to release and when to get out than I right. than I knew about before going into the season. And yeah, it's almost instinctive. Like he doesn't stand in there and try to throw it under pressure, but then he mm-hmm. also holds it and, until he has to get out of there. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's it's not looking to to run at the very first sign of anybody. No, no. You know, he he picks his spots and does it very well. And it's you know, I guess you know, you always knew he we knew he was a more mobile quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, but I didn't realize, you know, I don't I didn't watch a lot of Baker Mayfield regularly. No, so I you know. didn't realize just how instinctual. I think that was a good word you said that he is with it and yeah, how important it's been yeah, and how important it's been for this team picking up first downs. Oh, um, yeah. Getting out of bad plays or bad situations. And it's, you know, how many times today did he run for first downs and, and not just sliding, but you know, fighting for those extra yards to make sure he gets mm-hmm. it. And it was, you know, they needed those today. And he, yeah, know, him providing that is very different than last year, of oh, course, yeah. with Tom Brady. But, you know, with a offensive line that's still not, you know, I, I still think in the running game, the offensive line's not good enough yet. No, they're not blocking well enough. And, and, mm-hmm. and so, you know, in the past game, having that quarterback that's that can get out of those situations and get you a first down and get you positive yards when the offensive line isn't blocking very well is so important. No, absolutely it is. And, you know, they ran the ball just well enough. Um, I, they haven't figured it out quite yet. But, mm-hmm. again, what Dave Canales will be happy about is 33 rushing attempts. That's the number. Mm-hmm. 114 yards, um, which isn't a great number, but it is over 100. And, you know, they had I mean, more White, ten yard runs today. They did, and they basically they, had all season. Yeah, they did. They had a they had an end around with Tompkins for eleven. They had mm-hmm. uh, Mayfield scramble for ten. Uh, White, his longest run was eleven yards, and even Keyshawn Vaughn, who suddenly has taken over the the backup running back role, because we didn't see Sean Tucker. Uh, he also had a, had a uh, a ten yard run, which was. Uh, which was good. So yeah, they are an eight yard run. Yeah. So they they did some things on the ground, not exceptional, but but well enough. I thought they ran the ball, but I thought Rashad White and I, Keyshawn Vaughn too. But I thought Rashad White ran the ball better today mm-hmm. than we've seen the first three weeks. And the numbers may not show it, and you know, but because I also think you know we've talked about he kind of dances a lot and trying to pick right. Some, he hit I, it a little bit harder up in there. I, I thought, thought yeah. when there were holes, and the the problem is there's not enough holes with this offensive line but when there is a hole there he was hitting it harder today you could see that purpose behind it and I think Keyshawn Vaughn was too and that's why I say I think you know overall they ran the ball better today whether the stats show it or you know because there were so many runs they didn't get anything yeah but when the opportunities were there I thought you know the running backs took advantage of it more so than they had the first three weeks yeah it was interesting um I I also thought this, and then Mike goes out, you know, and of course they have the two big plays. We're going back to Mayfield about his scrambling um, because he also was a part of the running game. And the reason why they're over 100 yards was because Baker Mayfield had had 31 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he was the second leading rusher on their team. But, you know, there's a there's a couple plays there where the Bucks have a chance to get a field goal 
Mayfield runs him into field goal range. Then there's a penalty, and he runs him back into field goal range, and that leads to the 50, I think, 51-yarder. Mm-hmm. Maybe that Chase McLaughlin hit. Like Mayfield just knowing that, hey, if you get us another five, six, seven, eight yards, we're going to make this field goal here. And, and so that's what he did twice, even after a penalty. I mean, smart stuff, you know, sort of like that. Now, defensively, a couple things. One, I thought the Saints, and that, listen, Jameis Winston came in late in the game for one play and threw an interception. So, you know, enter joke there. But I, I really thought that the Saints might have missed out on understanding just how Derek Carr was going to perform because he really didn't take too many shots down the field. He did take one to Chris Olave that Antoine Winfield Jr., who we'll get to in a minute, uh, was able to kind of like, you know, be in perfect position to knock away. And Alave uh, did not hurt the Bucks at all, and he's been their best receiver. But I, I just thought, you know, defensively, it was it was a bad decision to play Carr because he couldn't get the ball down the field. He took one deep shot. If he's not able to, and, and we talked about this, like with the AC joint sprain, it's not that you can't throw the ball. He could throw it well enough, okay? Um but their game plan was Alvin Kamara, who came back after a three-game suspension. Run Alvin Kamara, throw him balls in the flat, let him get upfield, let him make people miss. So the ball was out of his hand quick, and, and it wasn't, he wasn't driving the ball. He made one good throw that Winfield knocked away, but other than that, he really didn't take shots down the field. And what I think, from what I know about this injury and watched Jameis struggle with it, and Jameis had a game he played very well with an AC joint sprain too, but the problem is that the throws you turn down, he couldn't drive the ball to Chris Olave the way he needed to. He couldn't zip it in there with accuracy down the field the way he needed to. Most of his passes were horizontal, very, very few deep shots that he hit on. And and that's what you get, right? And it was like a horrible, horrible game um, you know, for the Saints. I mean, 127 yards in passing, 3.4 yards in attempt. It reminded are, me. It reminded me a lot of Drew Brees' last game that the Bucks yes, played. Yes, yes, great point. Great it point. Was, you know, everything was short, dink and dunk, and sideways. That's and, right. And, you know, very few shots down the field. And when it wasn't, they weren't driven in. They weren't. No. You know, it, it just it reminded me so much of Drew Brees. That's a great point, and I think they played kind of that defense because what they did was mm-hmm. they basically said, "We're going single high all day." Uh, we're going to challenge your outside receivers to beat us down the field. And in the meantime, we're going to try to shut down this run and, and put as much attention on a lot of, on um, Kamara as we can. And it worked. And it worked beautifully. And they mixed in the, you know, they mixed in a few blitzes here and there. And Vita Vega got another sack now. He's got three and a half. He leads the team. It was just a, it was just a solid game plan by Todd Bowles and great execution by the Bucks against a quarterback that I don't think probably should have played. And like I said, they did eventually take him out of the game at the very end, and Jameis Winston threw one pass and was intercepted. Of course it was. Um, Just surprised so it wasn't I, a pick six. I know. So they they clearly didn't have confidence in Winston, or they would have started him, I think. Or they thought it was such an important game that they had to at least give Carr a chance to play, and he, and he started out okay enough to where they wanted to keep him in the game. But yeah, it was uh, – I think they'd probably want that one back. And, I mean, Carr after the game was just like, yep, just not consistent enough, just not going to do it. And then, you know, their head coach, of course, was really upset. But statement win for the Bucks. They are still the defending NFC South champions. And if you want to win this division, 
You have to beat them. And and that that's what this game meant. Now, you know, as Mayfield said after the game, look, we didn't listen to the noise before the season. Now we're going to have to really be careful because now people are going to start saying, oh, Bucks are pretty good. They're 3-1. and one. What do you think of this? Look at that. They're a lot. Because we can't listen to that either. You know, we just have to go out there, continue to get better and play, and they'll add them all up at the end of the season and we see where we stand. But, um, but Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield and this Bucks defense is a great story. Do I think they're better than the Eagles? Well, no, I know they're not. Do I think they're better than Dallas? Probably not. San Francisco? Definitely not. You know, there's a couple games on that schedule they're not going to win, I don't, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to beat Buffalo. Who, who toppled Miami after they gave up or, you know, scored 70 the other day. So there's a number of teams, but are they kind of in that second tier of good teams? You said it before we came on the podcast. There's only two teams with a better record than the Bucks right now, right? In football. That's yeah. the Niners and the Eagles. It's incredible. The and Dolphins are now 3-1. and one. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to probably go 3-1 to one tonight. The Bills are 3-1. and one. And There's others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lions are 3-1. and one. But just the two four O's. Yeah. So, you know, you got yourself in pretty good company, I think. Done a heck of a job. I mean, the, and some of the young players have done really, really well. They've come on. Well, let's talk about the defense, too, because you and I were talking before the, the mm-hmm. show, and, and I said, I absolutely love watching Antoine Winfield Jr. play safety. Oh, my God. He's so and good. Last year, they moved him up to nickel corner, probably one because he, he, he was good at it. Oh, yeah. But it was some of the personnel they had in that. But looking back, that was probably a huge mistake because he is so good at safety. And, yeah. And it, he just makes plays and knows where to be when. And mm-hmm. it just, it, you know, it, it's the talent on this defense now. I mean, you you always talked about, you know, the 0-2 team. Right. And Sapp and then Brooks and then Lynch. Mm-hmm. You know, you had all three levels. You had great players. This defense is Vita Vea and Devin White and Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got studs at all three levels. That's a good point. On this defense. When and when Winfield's back at, at safety. When he's a corner, he's not quite as good. Right. But at safety, he just he's just – I love watching the plays he makes back there. Well, you know, the thing that, that he can do – that I've not seen anybody do is the man can fill up a stat sheet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that – I wrote about this. He's he's just that Swiss Army knife of a player Yep. that few teams have. And when you can do it from all three levels, right, when you can come down and make tackles for losses, when you can sack the quarterback on a pass rush, when you can make interceptions uh, and cover receivers like he did, the one shot they took to Olavi, that's a touchdown. He makes that play because he's in perfect position to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did everything but have an interception, and he was mad about that. Um, but, I mean, it's just incredible to me that what he's done in, in a very short time, every time he goes out there on Sunday, he's costing the Bucks a lot of money. I, I assume that this is a guy that you're never going to want to get out of Tampa Bay. I assume that you're going to pay the most money uh, or franchise him or whatever you have to do to keep him here. You're not going to let this guy walk out of here as good a player as he is. So all he does was go out there and every time you watch him play, 
you're thinking, yep, that's another million dollars. Yep, that's another couple of million dollars. I mean, it's incredible just his ability to, you know, to, to morph into whatever they need at that particular time. Look, the, the play of the game, the, the whole play that changes the game is the Bucks are going to go down there and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Baker Mayfield throws what was a really bad interception, you know, just before the end of the first half. In fact, um, he's trying to get one to Chris Godwin in there, and, and it, there, it's 7-3 to three at the time and 41 seconds before halftime. And you're thinking, oh, boy, they've, they've kept this. You know, they had a chance to go in and score a touchdown. Um, now they have this ter- terrible turnover at the one-yard line. And that's when Winfield makes the play of the game when he forces, you know, the, the Jets or the uh, Saints are just going to run out the clock. And Winfield not only forces a fumble, he recovers it. But how about this for a stat line? Nine tackles led the team. A sack, two tackles for losses, a quarterback hit, a pass defense, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. I mean, that's everything but an interception. And like I said, he batted away a pass and and prevented a touchdown. Um and he's one of the most unassuming guys you'll ever talk to. I mean, you know, he's just a complete pro. He just gets it. But you're right. Moving him back to safety has has enabled him to play, make plays on the football, and yet you can still use him in select times, you know, coming down or mm-hmm. driving into the backfield where he made a ton of tackles for life. Like he's just – what a player. He won this game. I mean, he really did. He won this game, and he, he's going to make many Pro Bowls. And if you had to say who's the best player on defense – for the Buccaneers, Devin White would be in a be in a conversation for sure. Vita Vea, mm-hmm. you would get to him pretty quickly. Steve, you said it earlier. I, I think it might be Antoine Winfield Jr. right now. That's my pick. Yeah, I, I don't even think I have a question. And I think Devin White has unlimited potential and has been great. And He's Vita Vea is a stud yeah. up front. Yep. But you know, you and I we we mentioned before. If you had to pick one player on this defense that's going to wear a gold jacket one day. It would have to be. I think it would be him. Now White has a chance. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. There could be more than one. But if you had to pick, yeah. only, if only. But if, if you I said had only to, one could if you make. You told it. me one guy made it. You know, we like we're we're twenty years down the road, and I come out of a time capsule, and I, you go, hey, remember that team? Yeah, one guy made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm taking Antoine Winfield Jr. every day because I I think he's going to play a while. You know, he's not a biggest guy. He could could end up getting hurt, I suppose, mm-hmm. but. His dad played a long time. He was the same size. Yep. But he's just an absolute baller. Like, he just, you look at him and you're like, every time he's the guy making the play. I've never seen a guy do that like that since, since say, Rondi Barber. So, yeah, I think I think if he continues on this trajectory and he plays a long time and he's, and he's able to stay healthy, he probably will get in Canton one day. And, and it's awful to say that. You're putting a guy in Canton and you haven't even made it to free agency yet. But he's about to get paid and he's got to be paid a lot of money. But that's the secret sauce of this football team. They've got really good young players and ascending young players and mm-hmm. guys on their second contracts or about to be on their second contracts. They all can still play. And they don't give a damn what anyone says about them or anything else. And I think that Baker has fit so in with these guys, you know, because he's the ultimate underdog, right? He's the guy with the chip on his shoulder. He's mm-hmm. the guy who likes to bark at the other team and you know, as he told me before the season started, the narrative is that Tom's gone and we suck. 
Well, you know what? Tom's gone, and they don't suck. How about that, NFL? All right, well, we know what the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be doing this week and who they're playing and when. We'll get to that in just a minute as we talk some postseason baseball. But first, you guys already know it is still hurricane season. We're not out of it yet, but there's time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. And that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. With solar battery backup power, there is no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit and you, or, or you can also get this uh, if you add a battery to your existing in-phase solar system, you also get the 30% tax credit. So trust the pros in solar. To learn more about Meg Electric Solar Battery Backup or just to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Coolest thing that happened in baseball, in my opinion today, was that Yandy Diaz won the Rays' first Major League batting title. How about that? He was uh, actually three ten-thousandths of a percentage point behind Corey Seager going into the day. Right. And they gave Yandy the day off. Of course, you know, he, he's been battling and struggle or was hurt, and it's kind of coming back. So they gave him the day off to rest. Mm-hmm. And Corey Seager goes 0 for 4 as the Rangers lose one nothing and lose the AL West to the Astros. Yikes. So they now don't get a bye. They were they were a game up on Houston. They now they don't get a bye, and they're going to be here in Tampa Tuesday afternoon at three oh eight p.m. That's crazy, man. But yeah, Yandi the first, definitely the team MVP this year. Oh no question. He and he was awarded that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and well, yeah, without a question, he he was the best player on the team this year, and so consistent. Mm-hmm. And just in that leadoff spot, not your typical leadoff hitter. No. But so consistent. Just set the table for the team. Just how many times did he come up and you're like, okay, they got this. Yandy's batting. You're good. Well, and how many, I mean, so many multiple hit games. This guy never just got one hit. He had more multiple hit games than he had games with no hits. <laughs> Crazy? That's insane. It's not supposed to go like that at the major league level, man. His on-base percentage was already like 400-something before he started, you know, winning batting mm-hmm. tiles. And... Not for nothing, but he's also able to hit the home run ball a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was—he's the complete deal. But that—that—that that, that part was cool. Um, now, what's not cool is I've got to take some afternoons off so I can watch the race play in in the in the postseason. Tuesday at three o eight p.m. Wednesday at three o eight p.m. and if necessary, Thursday at three o eight. Oh boy. Way to go, networks. They really don't want that Texas-Tampa May matchup, do they, in primetime? They do Boy. not. Yeah. Yeah, so some afternoon baseball. So if you, you could take some half days off, head to the Trop. Absolutely. By the way, we'll I, have Mark like Hopkins to on that. the podcast tomorrow to, to talk all about game one against the Rangers in the wild card round. Yeah, the great Mark Topkin. I don't know. I mean... You know, look, losing Brandon Lau at the end of the year, but, you know, Josh Lowe has been hitting the ball really well. We'll see if Randy comes alive like he usually does on the big stage in the postseason. I'm not sure where they're going to get their offense from. Well, I still, the, Luke still Rayleigh and challenge. Jose Siri have been working out. Are they available? That we'll would fi- be huge. We'll find out today. 
Yeah, that would be huge. I don't know when they have to set the roster, if it's today or maybe if it's in Tuesday morning. But Right. We'll be setting here really soon, yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, how healthy is Yandy Diaz? That's true. I don't know. You know, we'll see. If you remember a few years ago in the wild card, he had missed like the last week or two of the season. Came yep. back in game one, let off, and hit a home run. Yeah, that's right. Against the A's, and then hit another home run later in the game. That's right. I mean, the Coliseum got quiet real quick, and the Rays rolled to that win. And that was just when it was a, you know, winner go home wild card round. Yeah. Now it's a series, two out of three. They're, all the games are at, at the top, though, That's, which is yep. great. Mm-hmm. So who would they play the second round? Would they get? Would they draw Baltimore? That's correct, for, yes. Oh, boy. They don't, re, they don't reseed, and they're the four seed. Minnesota's yeah. the three seed, so they get yeah. Houston. Well, you gotta you gotta play them at some point. So, mm-hmm. might as well take them down. Uh, take them down. You know, earlier than not. Than not. It's look. You can't. It's undeniable. It was a great year for Kevin Cash. The last few games, they you know were tried to rest as many guys as they could. Um, but she's man. Uh, you know, with all the injuries they had, it, it's a, it's startling that there's still three starting pitchers that they can throw out there that have a chance to win every night. And you know, I think they've had a hell of a year. I think I think again, some guys have made themselves a heck of a lot of money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um like Isak Paredes, for example. Just fell shy of a hundred RBI, had ninety eight. Oh, you had a thirty hundred going, right? Yep. Dang. Finished with ninety eight, so Dang, that would have been great. But as a team too, they set the record for most runs scored in franchise history and most home runs hit in franchise Did history. Did they really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, they had such a tremendous uh, you know, month of April and May and even part of June, but then they had that awful, god awful July. Mm-hmm. And that's what cost them the division. Okay. Like if they had just been around but below four hundred, but kind of like could see it mm-hmm. or five hundred from there, they'd have won the division going away. But that was the difference. Well, on the second best full season ever in Rays history, ninety nine wins, one shy oh, of a wow. hundred. Yeah, Kevin so. Cash is rock, rocking the resume at this point. Hundred win seasons, ninety nine win seasons, division titles, like you know. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Well, we'll see. Uh, is Glass Glass now go? I'm assuming game one, right? Will be Tyler. Yeah, I mean he's set up for that. It'll be Glass now, yeah. then Eflin, yeah. and then Savali would be game three. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, we'll have a chance to talk to Mark Tompkins at the Tampa Bay Times. Get you set for the Rays playoffs that are coming up. It's always exciting to see playoff baseball, even though it's in the afternoon. We'll get used to that. But um, and then a couple other things that caught my eye over the weekend, and this happened before we left. I remember Andre Vasilevsky wasn't showing up to practice for a while. Then he did, and now he's out for at least two months. What the heck, man? How did how did this how did this aggravate itself so quickly? Well, I, I from what I gather, it, it was always a potential, but they tried to to make it work. It's a back injury, yeah. so he had surgery, herniated disc, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, which will put him out about two months, is what the team has said. Yikes, man! Um, but there's, there's, look, there's never a good reason to lose Vasilevsky. But no, if you're going to lose him, there's a couple things. One, you're doing it before the season, so you can go into the season prepared for this. There's going to be goalies put on waivers this week around the league. If there's Do one that strikes, if there's one that strikes your fancy, you could sign them, and and you know, now you're not going to sign some guy that's got five or six million dollars because you still got to stand with the cap, but. 
you find a, a you know there's a lot of teams in the NHL that have three goalies right now. Some of those are going to have to go through waivers this week. Yeah, that because makes sense. he was had surgery in the first week of games, essentially in training camp. You're going to have an opportunity yeah. to pick up any of them if you think they're better than your current options. Yeah, that's true. Two, the two goalies that you know Johansson, who they signed, looked really good on he Friday night. I saw he played well Friday. Yeah. Looked really good Friday night. And mm-hmm. the guy they signed out of Europe, uh, Tompkins, he has played two games now and looked really good. Now, I know he gave up four goals on Saturday, but the goals he gave up, almost any goalie in the NHL is going to give up. Yeah. Um, he's looked really good, too. He played well in Nashville the first game. So it's going to give Julian Breeswan his staff a, you know, do we think Johansson and Tompkins are good enough? Or depending on which goalies are put on waivers this week, as, as teams have three goalies in camp that, you know, when you're only going to keep two. I mean, that's it, goalies are kind of like quarterbacks in the NFL. There's only 64 positions on the NHL rosters. Right. You know, it's kind of musical chairs in that. So when you have three in your camp, eventually one of them you're going to have to send down if you have three right. veterans. If you're young guys, that's, you know, they'll go to the minors. But so there'll be opportunities for the Lightning to look at the waiver wire this week and see if there's anybody else they want to bring in, knowing that you're going to be without Vazzy till probably, you know, early December. Yeah, I would hate to have to, like, my goaltender's not on the roster now, but it, it might be true that he's not. I think, let me ask you this question, because this is really not that deep and philosophical as it might sound. Mm-hmm. But Vazzy's going to miss two months, let's say. Yep. Let's say he gets back and he's he feels better after the surgery and the two months off. Mm-hmm. And eventually he'll get himself in shape and be, and be able to play. Is there any chance in a weird way that this hockey team gets better overall, especially defensively? Well, that there's your key right there. Because they know now we can't just say, well, we got Bassey. You know, he'll 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 stop us, he'll keep us in games when really we're not playing that great a defense. In other words, knowing that you're going to have to help that guy for a change, when Vassy does come back, could they be a better hockey team as a result of this? I don't know if they'll be better, but I think I think the players know that their attention to detail on, on the defensive side of the ice is going to have they, to be they sharp. they got to buy in now, yeah. Mm-hmm. The coach's message is about that, which they've always preached that, but will probably hit home a little more. I would think, yeah. And the fact that this happened two weeks before your opener – Mm-hmm. You know that it gives the time t- the team time to prepare for that too. That's true. It didn't Not like third game yeah. of the season, he went down and now it's surgery and and That's oh, cr- true. you know now they've got this you know basically two weeks and and to be honest, the team's probably known all along this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. It wasn't public. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he obviously he was there the first day of camp. Didn't wasn't on the ice the next couple. I mean, they, they obviously know, right? And so they've been preparing for this, but. It'll be interesting to see how their defense, defensive structure and, and how they play that. And if they just have that little more attention to detail, then maybe they would have. Take one or two less chances a game. You know, let me stay home and protect the, you know, help, whether yeah. it's Johansson or Tompkins or another goalie that comes in. Yeah. It, you know, I don't know if it makes them a better team because anytime you have Andre Vasilevsky, you're going to be better. But. Yeah. That little focus. Better that, in that area, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm, say. Better yeah. better in the area around the goaltender and not just relying on him to to bail you out and doing the right things with the puck and not turning it over in your own zone and all those things yep. that lead to goals. Um they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do a better job. And it 
And it doesn't mean they can't win, and it doesn't mean that, you know, Vassie can't come back and they and they wind up going to a Stanley Cup, but um, timing of that, this, the type of injury it is, like none of that's good for them. It's not, but like, and, and the other part of it is, look, you just have to stay in the hunt. That's for true. The two you're months. Not, I mean, you're not going to lose the playoffs, but you, you know, I mean, the Lightning don't care if they win the division. They don't no. care if they're the one seed or the eight seed. It's no. get in, and that's all exactly. they care. So right. if for two months they can keep pace, that's right with the other teams and just stay there. You know that that's what their goal is at this point. I mean, if they can do better than that, fantastic. But yep, you know, as John Cooper says, you're just munching points. Yep, that's it. You know, just keep that's... munching points. Get points where you can. Yeah. And that's the you game. Know, you still have studs on this team all up and down the light lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, from mm-hmm. Cooch to Stamkos to Point to you know, yeah, there's Edmund a lot of Sergachev and Chernak. I mean, you know, you start looking on the roster. There's plenty of there's plenty of talent on this roster to keep winning. Sure, you don't have you don't have to start thirteen and zero like the Rays did. No, you just need a little help on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. It's but it's a t- <laughs> it was a sobering blow. It's like. Wait, Vassy's out for two months. That's you know that's the heart and soul of your team, and and it's some something someone they haven't had to play with without before. Um, not for you know, not for, for this for long, an extended for sure. period yeah. of time. He's been out, but not yeah not not as long as he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. But the other part, and John Cooper mentioned this too, is that there's no nothing positive about Andre Vasilevsky being out. But right. if you thought they were well rested going into this season because of five months between games, mm-hmm. um, he'll be really rested. He'll get seven. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not doing the kind of rehab he wants to do on that back, but yeah. he definitely he definitely will be rested. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Speaking of resting, is that what the Florida Gators are doing over the weekend in Kentucky? Ooh. What the hell happened there? And it wasn't like... Oh, rise up and beat somebody, huh, Kentucky? Like, what a surprise. No, this Wildcat team is legit. And they legit lined up and ran the ball down Florida's throats the other night. Yeah, that was not good. I, I didn't see a lot of the game. Right. Um, but all of a sudden looked up, it was like 16 nothing. You're like, what? what's going on? Yeah. Like, and, and I was with some Florida fans, and they're just despondent. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not going well. This is not good. Um, it's not good. It's not and, and, good. And after, look, I mean, you go on the road in conference, and, and Kentucky's a good team. There's always a chance you're going to lose, but you don't want to lose the way they did. No. I mean, you know, you came off a big win the week before, a win you probably ne- really needed to have. Mm-hmm. If you go out the next week and lose, fine, but you don't want to. Lo- you don't want to lose getting. You know, Kentucky ran them over essentially. A team that has a full tank, I guess you would say, is USF. They win again, and this time a conference game on the road beating Navy. And what was impressive about it was 
It didn't start well for them. They were down 14 nothing early. Really early. It muffed punt and then an interception or turnover. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was down 14 nothing. You're like, what the heck? I mean, you know, you got that win last year, but they came roaring back. Um, kudos to Alex Golish has that team playing well, man. He can coach, man. Like there's a, like college football. Okay, I know you need the players, right? Like it's mm-hmm. all about you know transfer portal and you know can you get four star, five star, all that. Like that. There's no question. It's a football. The game is played by players, not by coaches. But college football is about coaching. College football, the best programs are run by guys who can recruit, who can develop. And just kind of knows what it's supposed to look like and gets it there. And that's the most remarkable thing about USF, where they have been, where they started, and just how diametrically different they look as a, as a team. They're 2-0 in the conference, man. They're in first place in their conference right now. Yeah, they're in first place. And if you look at the schedule, and granted their conference is not that good. Right. They're at UAB next week. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw lost I, his mind. By the way, I saw a poll of uh, the uh, I think it was CBS Sports had the yeah. bottom twenty five teams in college football. UAB's right. one of them. <laughs> then they they are home against FAU. That's another team in the bottom twenty five. When then they go when, to Con- then they go to Connecticut. Another team in the bottom twenty five. <laughs> We're bowl eligible already. <laughs> uh, they, yes, they could be bowl eligible by Saturday, October twenty first, and be six and two. Wow. Based on the competition that the next three That's games are. insane. Now, they still have to go out and do it, and two of those games are on the road. Still a That's young right. team in that. But yep. Alex Golish has got that team believing. Yes, he does. And they are all bought in. That's what you can tell when you watch that team. Yeah, and they have good plans, and, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're doing stuff they can execute. they got a quarterback who can make yards with his feet, which is always great. Um, they know who they are. And, 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 you know, he always talks about the process, but he's putting them in positions to win games, and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be in position. It's another thing to actually get it done. So, yeah, I've I'm, I'm been very pleased with, uh, with what I've seen from, from Golish and, and USF. It's a really, really good story over there, but not so good, as you mentioned, with the University of Florida. And they've got to clean that up. Florida State will be back in action. I guess they were off. They did they have a buy? They had a buy. They week, had a right? buy. Uh, Miami was on buy. Miami, oh, yeah. UC. How about UCF? Oh God! First home game in the Big Twelve, and you blow a twenty-eight point lead. Oh, how can that happen at the bounce house? No less. Jeez. Yeah, they're not off to a very good start in their new conference, their new Power Five, are they? Well, I mean, it's a step up in class, so it is. I mean, you know, you, I don't think you expect you know to roll through. I didn't. I don't think anyone's thinking they were winning the national championship this year. No, that's true. It was an interesting week of college football. It was an interesting week of uh, of the in the NFL as well. And now, now we get to kind of sit back and and you know reassess where, where the Bucks are at. As they move forward, the Rays in the playoffs, hockey starting up. This is about to become the best time in sports where every sport is competing at the same time in October. I love I love October. Yeah, Not it's, that it's going to cool off, but yep. it won't. I mean, baseball playoffs start tomorrow. Right. Hockey drops the puck a week from tomorrow. Okay. And then, of course, the NFL and college football in full swing. NBA starting to get to training camps and stuff now. Yeah, they'll be next. 
So it'll start later this month with regular season. So, yeah, all, yeah. everything's – and then if you're a soccer fan, MLS is coming down the stretch, three games to go, I think, three weeks. That's right. No, it's a great time of year. Uh, enjoy it all the time, and, and especially with the Rays and to see how far they can go in the postseason. We're going to talk to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, get you ready for the Rays playoff against the Texas Rangers. And that'll be a series, uh, two out of three, three o'clock games or thereabouts at, at the Trop. So uh, not in primetime TV, so kids got to run home or use their transistor radios or whatever they do these days. Uh, so they can listen. But uh, How many kids do you think have transistor radios? <laughs> well, not many. In fact, when you say transistor radio, they wouldn't even know what they were, right? Like that's trying to explain a telephone that had a cord attached to a wall. Like it just doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, you got to rush home after school nonetheless if you want to watch the Rays try to take on the, the Texas Rangers. So we got lots to talk about this week. The Bucks on their bye week. I'm sure we'll uh, have a chance to chat with Todd Bowles this morning or this afternoon uh, and get the latest information on some of the injuries and things that they got going on, including Mike Evans. But hopefully a lot of players will be back and healthy and ready to go when they return for a home game against the upstart Detroit Lions at Raymond James Stadium. That'll be a good one for sure. All right, thanks for listening. I got to make my way back from New Orleans to Tampa tomorrow morning. We'll talk to Todd Bowles. Be with you uh, on uh, on Tuesday. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.